keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, succotash, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two pike two, Billy. And you book a match with me, that's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome, everybody, to Total Effin' Marks. I am the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain event. With me, as always, is Sergeant Slaughterhouse, Scott Chaplin, and our guest today, you know him from What Happened When, the legendary WCW Monday Night Nitro commentator. I almost got that out right. Tony (laughs) Schiavone. Hey, uh, Dan, yeah. Scott, what the hell's up? Hey, Dan, how big did you say those calves were of yours? They're pretty fucking big, dude. They're they're like they're like Steiner calves. Yeah, I noticed when we were doing the Ready to Rumble watch along, I noticed that something was dangling down to your side, and I said, "Man, that's either a calf or a tripod," and I wasn't sure, so I just wanted to make sure. Thank you, man. Thanks for putting me over. No problem. That was my job, you know, putting people over. Hell, I put Ric Flair over, and he was nothing but a fucking drunk. <laughs> uh, are you? I, we, we were like, like this this uh, week, the video of him like came out, like where he was like calling out. Did you see that? He called oh, yeah, out like, like Michaels and shit like that. And I'm like, you couldn't have gotten better a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like I'm not drunk already. Like... <laughs> I'm glad yeah. he's doing well though. Um, yeah, that ready to rumble. You and me uh, really held that thing together because I think Shane was scared to say anything because he was going to get fired by WWE. And, you know, I felt bad for David because, like, you know, before I went on there, Conrad was like, just shit on it. And it's like a movie where, you know, again, they put like $23 million into it. And I'm just sitting there with my fucking jokes. But, you know, me and Tony took over. You were you were great. Thanks. Uh, you know, I love David. Really do. I think he's a great kid, and he's he's had some great roles. I think it's very tough to look at those when you're when you're an actor. Look at those because he's he's just trying to. You know how actors are. They're yeah. just trying to critique what they do, and he was looking at it with a real, uh, uh, you know, a, a different way that we were. And uh, and and I'm I'm really good at shitting on things. Really, really good at that. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I. To be honest with you, Dan, I had the of all the things that I did. I did a thing with Arn. Did a thing with Sting. Uh, I did a thing with the Owen Hart uh, Remembrance, and I, I was on Bruce's show. And I think I did another Nitro thing. But that thing that we did was my favorite thing. I, I think oh. everybody was into it. They reacted. We had a great time. That felt yeah, that's great. I think we should. I think you know the next. I think there should be more of that, uh, especially the next Starcast. Maybe I'm just trying to jockey myself for a position, but. Yeah. You know, there's uh, you know, there's only so many panels you can do. Well, Tony, I was there for that panel, and uh, I heard three guys on talking to three separate people as they were leaving, saying, "Oh man, I wish the flare roast still happened because Tony was so funny; he would have killed it." And uh, yeah. I thought that was really cool. He did an amazing job, amazing job. 
Well, thanks, Scott. I tell you what we're going to do. Uh, I don't know, to be honest with you, if the flare roast is going to be on for the next StarCast or not. They've not announced that, to be honest with you, because of his health. Uh, I'm not so sure, and I'm just speaking for me personally. I haven't talked to Conrad because he's kind of been on a little sabbatical since StarCast. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to do it. If it were me, I would say, now nah, we're not going to do it. But if they do plan to do it, Dan, I know you you wanted to get booked on the next StarCast. Got an idea. Because here's what we're going to do. Because he kind of, uh, you know, shortchanged us, uh, you and I are going to kick Ric Flair's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It won't be too difficult. He's 70 years old. And we'll just, you know, I'll hit him from behind. We'll put the boots to him. Uh, and I've got a trophy I was going to give him because his trophy as Wrestler of the Year in uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated back in 89 was destroyed. So I had a trophy I was going to give him in place. We'll take that trophy and beat him over the fucking head with it. <laughs> he deserves it. Okay, so you, you'll be booked. And we'll be on the Ric Flair kick his ass. I mean, uh, he, he lived till 70. That's like 150 in pro wrestler years. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. The fact he left, he's lived till 70 is an, is an amazing thing. Amazing thing. So, uh, you know, I was disappointed I, with that. I was really disappointed that. Uh, disappointed that he lived to 70? <laughs> <laughs> Here's who I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pitch this to Conrad, but I think the only replacement for Flair, because Conrad said there's no replacement for Flair, I think the only replacement for Flair is Jesse the Body Ventura. You can get so, so many fucking jokes out of that because he's been famous in three different arenas. He's obviously, you know, his wrestling legacy isn't Flair's, but he was also governor and he was in like three Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid, uh, just knowing Jess as I know him, uh, I'm afraid he would want a whole lot of money to do that. Uh, Flair probably wanted a whole lot of money to do that as well, uh, but uh, that's a great idea. I, I originally thought Hogan. Hogan's uh, great but, too. Uh, there's probably a lot of things about Hogan you really can't talk about, and uh, or you shouldn't talk about. It, 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 with me, and and I know you would agree. Hell, I know you would agree from the Bruce Bruce Pritchard roast. Uh, nothing's out of bounds on a roast, right? Well, we didn't hit. I mean, the two things that we, you know, there was like one thing with Flair. I for sure wasn't going to hit, and I think we all know what that is. But uh, there, there were two things on the last roast that I didn't hit, which were Benoit and Owen. Now, I think Benoit's on the table now. I think enough time has passed, but Owen is still something I wouldn't hit. All right, I'll let you handle that Benoit thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we'll, we'll see what that is. But let's get to the 10 count. You down, Tony? All right. Number one. Uh, we all know AEW was really good this weekend. So what wrestler besides Johnny Moxley, I mean, what wrestler, I mean, Moxley, seeing Moxley is great, but what, what wrestler would have ruined the vibe if they were the big surprise in your guys' mind? I have my answer. Which, oh, yeah, I have an answer. Okay, my answer is, and this isn't really funny, but I think it would have just killed the crowd. If it was Sheamus, people would have <laughs> fucking booed. That The promotion yeah. would be dead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, I, I think uh, Big Cass would have fucked it up real bad. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, I was thinking Enzo. So. Yeah. Enzo and Big Cass, you know, they showed up at, the, uh, at, the, uh, at that uh, event at uh, Madison Square Garden. Ring of Honor, uh, yeah. Tony, Ring I was of- there for that, and uh, I almost cried. I was so upset when they came out. I was also on an edible, and I thought it was real, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was very upset when they came out and ruined that Ring of Honor New Japan show. And, and I had this huge fear that they were going to do that at some point during the tag match. Yeah. Uh, Bucks, yeah, I think they're the worst thing going. Uh, do what again? I said I think they're the worst thing going, Cass and Enzo. Oh, okay, yeah, I do too. Uh, 
but we need to uh, for you to turn in your man card because there's never been anything at all about wrestling I've almost cried about. <laughs> you, you didn't cry during the uh, Rhodes match? Hell no. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, everybody knew. I mean, when he said, I'm looking for my, everybody went, brother, to be my tag team partner. And here Dustin was uh, laying old school with a gash on his head. Uh, that, you know, his daddy didn't teach him how to do a blade job, apparently. There's <laughs> <laughs> anything like it. And uh, no, it, no, it didn't. No, I know some people were emotional, but no, I'm not. I, I don't know what it is. I guess maybe I, I've seen everything, you know, and I, and I've, uh, I've been a part of almost everything that I'm really just, uh, I'm immune to all this stuff. So yeah, Enzo and Cassie, uh, Enzo and big Cass would have completely fucked it up. Uh, and, uh, uh, I think, didn't you kind of when when, uh, when 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 Moxley arrived? Didn't everybody go? Oh, of course he's here. You know, it, it wasn't like it was that I, big of a shock. You know, I think it was. It was. I think there were definitely rumblings that it was going to be him or Punk. I think he was the most likely for sure. But it's still, you know, to see them actually pull it off is still. I mean, it's still pretty incredible. You know. Yeah, it is. It, is. it really is. Uh, and it was good. It was. It was a good way to end the show. I liked it. I just, uh, I, you know, uh, I love all the guys who do it. I, you know, Cody and the Bucks are great, and uh, Jr. and Marvez and Excalibur are doing a great job, I think, in their first yeah. show. Uh, so I you like have the opposite season. reaction of Jim Cornette, who shit all over it. He did? Of course, yeah. Yeah, for an hour. Really? He shit all over the whole show for well, an he hour? He liked MJF and the Cody match. Okay. That's it. Everything That's else it. he was disgusted about. He was very upset about the one, uh, the no-legged man in the Battle <laughs> Royal. <laughs> well, that was kind of silly, but still. <laughs> it's, it's pro wrestling, right? you got to yes, have silly. Exactly. I mean, uh, I, I, hate to say, I hate to hear that from Jim Cornette, but, I, you know, Jim is really old school. I can't believe he didn't like the Bucks because the Bucks match against Lucha Bros was – to me, a five-star match. I agree, and I thought there was psychology, and he said there was none whatsoever, and that they looked pathetic, and that they needed bigger opponents. Hmm. It's kind of fun though that James Cornette, Jim Cornette hates everything. Like it would be, it would be so much more of a bummer if he really loved it. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I was, uh, I did that NWA seventy show, and I was uh, working with Jim Cornette and whoever the NWA announcer is uh, in in Nashville. And we were having a production meeting, and Jim Cornette was laying in his two cents for everything they talked about, which I thought was great because I just sat over there and didn't say nothing because, guys, I don't give a shit. So I'm just going going home. You know, I don't care about what angle, who does what. But Jim has run a business. Jim has been involved in booking. He he ran Smoky Mountain Wrestling. It was his business. So I can understand how he looks at it at a different eye than I do. I look at it as a fan. He looks at it as as somebody who ran the business the way he thinks it should be run. So I get it about Jim, but I, I, I'm terrible. I, I hate to see that he shit on everything because I, I thought it was a good show. Yeah, I thought it was a great show. Originally, I was the number one topic is what did you guys think? But I knew we were all going to be on board with it. So, sure. um, Tony, this number two, uh, guys, just for everyone who's listening at home, we're going to go back and forth between wrestling today and just Tony questions. And <laughs> one of the things that I loved about what happened when is that uh, you got you at one point where you talked about all the women that you had uh, hooked up with before your wife. And right. you had basically just said it was a trail of tears. Uh, so what's the worst one-night stand you've ever had? It was probably with Lois because she's still with me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember 
pass. I, I just no, that's not true. Uh, there was uh, I, I moved out on my own in uh, after college and moved to this apartment. Uh, and there was this girl across the way who was very large, very large. I mean, she was big. Okay. So she came over to the house one one day to see me. Uh, and uh, we had waved at each other, and I was trying to be a good neighbor. She came over to the house to see me, and it ended up being a one-night stand. Yeah. Because I didn't care. I, you know, I just the way it was. Uh, <laughs> you just have to live in that part of the country to know. Uh, here's, the, here's the real rib on this thing. The very next day, there was a knock at the door, and it was her husband. Oh, Jesus. Didn't know she was married. I guess I should have asked. But uh, and he was nice. He said, "Hey, is I don't know what her name is, Karen." He says, "Karen in here." Said, she was no, still there. No. I said, "No, no." I said, "Who are you?" He said, "I'm her husband." I said, "Oh yeah." I said, "You want to come in? Sit down, have it." No, he said, "No, I'm just looking for it. It's okay." And so, I, <laughs> oh my god, he wasn't pissed or anything. He was just looking for his wife, and maybe I was just. Stop three on her five-stop tour of the apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking nuts. Isn't that nuts? Holy shit. And he didn't and give he a shit. Maybe that was he was into that, you know? You know maybe he was. And I'm thinking, oh, Lordy. Uh, so uh, that uh, that ended that. I never did see her again. That I remember. And uh, I moved out uh, shortly after that, actually, and, and moved to uh, Greensboro and got a job. Uh, so I, I left town, but yeah, uh, that was, that was like... pretty scary. Cause I, I remember thinking, and, and I don't know. I mean, he wasn't that big and, uh, you know, uh, had a cigarette stuck in the side of his mouth and he could have, I don't know. He could have been a biker. I, and I was thinking when I opened the door, I said, man, I'm like, I'm 22 years old here and I'm going to lose my life right now before yeah. I even get it started. Thank so, God. Thank God you made it through. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have a switch in my head uh, back during my college years and before I met my wife. I didn't have a switch in my head that says, don't go out with that woman. <laughs> I just I just went out with all of them. And, didn't care. Hey, and well, there were some good-looking ones. There you but, go. Uh, some, there really were. Uh, not many. Uh, there <laughs> were some. Uh, but when I met Lois, she was like, by far, I mean, by far, the best-looking woman I had ever had a date with in my life. It was like, my God. So I asked her to marry me uh, a week after we met. Whoa. Whoa. And she wasn't yes, already married? <laughs> What's that? She wasn't already married? <laughs> that was no Lois wasn't married. Not that I know. She wasn't. She was working for a working uh, – she had been working for a law firm and then uh, had been a legal assistant and then had worked at a radio station. We met there. I met her on the 31st of March – on 6th of April, which is her birthday, I asked her to marry me. She said yes, and we got married on June 6th. Wow. wow. We're still married today. So I, I, I really knew that you're not going to do any better than this. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Tony was talking to me because uh, it was because I, I talked about a one night stand in my act. And this is where this conversation came up. Tony was telling me, he goes, oh, I've had. Some. And in the middle of us was his son. <laughs> Matt and Matt's just like shaking his head the whole time. It was the fucking best. Uh, thank you for that, Tony. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's uh, I go back to my my years prior to getting into best baseball and wrestling. Prior to me having a real job, and uh, they were crazy. They were. I mean, I was 
I'm from a, from a real small town in Virginia, real redneck mountain town. Really, really, I'm sincere. Really is. And we were just a bunch of old rednecks drinking beer and didn't give a shit. And uh, <laughs> now I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm a redneck that much anymore. And I don't drink beer, but I still don't give a shit. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> man. No, it's the best. Right. Yeah. I always said, you know, if I was like, if I could be attracted, like if I was just uh, bisexual or I was just, just I mean, pansexual, I don't, I don't even think you believe is a real thing, but some people say their pants just attracted the person. Maybe, maybe it's true. I'm you know, whatever. I don't think the woke section of America is listening to this podcast, but like, I would probably end up being with just like a fat bearded guy who went to pro. Like I would be 400 pounds with another 400 pound fat bearded Tony, guy. I think, going tell- to wrestling events I think Dan's in telling you he loves you. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's odd about this story, Dan? What? I think the girl that I had sex with, I was talking about, you know, the uh, one-night stand. Yeah. I think she was 400 pounds, had a beard. (laughs) (laughs) See, she could have been the one, man. Uh, Number three, uh, John Moxley's shoot interview on Talk is Jericho just came out. What shoot would you personally love to see that hasn't been out there yet? Now, most disgruntled ex-WWE employees end up doing some sort of shoot. But is there someone well, you you probably have an inside track on this. Is there someone that you know personally uh, that if they spilled all their beans, it would it would just be fire. It would be just all over the Internet. Yeah, I think I, I would love the Rock and Roll Express to spill the beans. Oh, they haven't yet. Uh, I don't think they have. Well, if they have, I, I've missed it, but I don't think they have like I know them. OK, Uh because no one, no one got as much pussy as those guys did. No one. Not even close. It wasn't even close. Ric Flair is known and, shoot, those guys, man, when they came to the Mid-Atlantic region, they were fence builders, buddy. And all of a sudden, nobody else was getting anything. It's <laughs> because of them. Uh, and it was absolutely amazing. I would just love to hear their stories. I really would. And, and what do you think? Back what, yeah, what do you think the appeal of them was to women? Because even facially, then their they faces the best were looking men in the world. God awful faces. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't. I wish I'd. I'm going to remember that, Scott. I'm going to remember. <laughs> next, time I say, next time I say Ricky Morton, I'm going to say, you know what? You have a god awful face. <laughs> and it, it's even worse the older you're getting. they were they were but they looked like rock stars right i mean they had the mullets and 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 apparently robert was hung like a horse uh and uh (laughs) i don't know if that anything to do with it uh but uh they just they they just uh they just were rock stars and they were white meat as they said in the business back then white meat baby faces and the girls just absolutely loved them absolutely loved them I we, gotta, uh, we I, did know, a, uh, it gets into our number. Now, this was later in the countdown, but I uh, I want to switch this now to number four. Tony, you've talked about Ric Flair's dick a lot. Can you tell us yeah. which wrestler's dicks you've seen and how they rank? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's, man. I looked over this question. I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? <laughs> as far as most uh, spectacular to least spectacular. Okay. Uh well, uh, Ric Flair is, is obviously number one uh, with uh, just, uh, well, I guess it's number one because you've seen it so many times, right? Yeah. I mean, we yeah. haven't, but you have. Yeah, I have. 
I, I unfortunately I, I I've seen it seen it many times. Uh, uh, then after that, I guess it would be holy shit, man. Ron Simmons, maybe. Big Dick. Uh, yeah, uh, Ron <laughs> Ron Simmons would probably. Well, his dick could probably beat you up. Yeah. Yeah. It could probably stomp a mud hole in your ass. I mean, there's everything. Anything, everything about Ron was big and tough and strong, right? Don't just, get just, Dan so excited. Just, just, he was. He was. He was a badass son of a bitch, man. Uh, then I would go with. Uh, let's see. I would go with Booker T. Yeah, you uh, tell he's got a big and, dick. And then I would go with, uh, holy shit, what am I talking about here? What the fuck's wrong with you guys? (laughs) I feel like we're just naming black guys after Ric Flair. (laughs) Uh, Too Cold Scorpio. Coco Beware. (laughs) Too Cold Scorpio. Uh, Then I was going to go to, uh, I was probably going to say Hogan's. Hogan's got a big dick. Oh, look how big he is. My God. You know, guys that size, you know, they're going to have... then I'll probably say uh, uh, Barry Windham's uh, because everything in Texas is big. Uh, and where are we now? That's that's like six. That's like six. Okay. Uh, then great. I would probably say Magnum TAs. Uh, then I would probably, you know what? Let, let me let me uh, let me put a, a, a post note on this. Uh, uh, I didn't go around checking guys' dicks. And I don't want to think- <laughs> Tony, you seem to know a lot for not checking. You just right. listed off seven dicks. Right. Okay. Um, well, you asked me, and I'm trying to be a good, uh, good, good guest here. Some bitch. I'm trying to. No, you're I'm trying looking to- for a surprise here, yeah, like a, yeah. like an Earl Hebner. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, uh, then probably the Disco Infernos, because wow. there's probably no way you can get a job at a strip club without having one. That's I would true. Think. true. Yeah, that's uh, so that'd be eight. Then probably what's uh, Big the weirdest looking dick you've seen backstage? <laughs> <laughs> then probably Big Man Vader's. Then probably Harley races because Harley was the toughest motherfucker in the world. And if I didn't, he would probably find some way to come and, and kick my ass. <laughs> All right, so you got you, you you've been forced to. What, what's the weirdest dick you've seen backstage, Tony? Uh, <laughs> the weirdest dick? Oh, you talking about an actual penis or actual <laughs> dickhead? Yeah, well, I mean, either one is fine. <laughs> uh. Well, the weirdest dick I saw, I guess, and it wasn't backstage, was uh, Marcus Bagwell's when I saw that, you know, that he, uh, on that uh, that video that's around, you know, that uh, it just seemed, it kind of was real small. Yeah. <laughs> we got to find this tape. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the Bagwell porn yet. Uh, it's, uh, you know, he was working, and I guess he, he works for uh, Cowboys and Angels or whatever that... Uh, escort services where he's a, like a male stripper and and he had serviced some older women and there's some there's there's something out there with him servicing an older woman and there it is so well i know what i'm jerking off to tonight okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right well let's uh what, i think we're at number five now yeah yeah okay thank, thank number... god okay halfway through this thing no no no, no. we're at we're at yeah, we're at number we're at number five. Um, wh- Tony, what would you do to change your heel run in TNA? In normal day life, do you consider yourself a heel or a face? No, I'm a heel. Ask anybody who's known me backstage. I'm a heel. <laughs> but I'm a, a but but I'm a lovable heel. Yeah, you in are a lovable words, heel. In, yes. In other words, I love to bust people's chops. I love to bust people's ass. 
And I knew when it, when they asked me to run in and do the that stuff for TNA, that I knew that I would do I would do well in that. And and Tanae knew as well because Tanae used to say they used to say in the backstage, "You're you're the biggest heel back here," because I would just you know I could just rip on anybody and get away with it. You know I used to heel on Dusty Rhodes all the time, and Dusty and I were very very good friends, very close, uh, and. Uh, he uh, and I drove Dusty around a lot, and I used to, you know, Dusty used to, you know, say one of his, you know, patented whatever he would say, and I would say, you know, go fuck yourself. And people may think you're the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, but you're just nothing but a, a old shithead. And <laughs> fuck you and fuck this and all the time. And he used to say, you're the, you're the only one that can tell me to go fuck myself, and I don't get mad. <laughs> so I, I used to I used to do that, and I used to rip on people, all in you know all in fun because I knew them all. So I, I knew that by going in to do that TNA thing, that uh, that I was going that it was going to be a lot of fun, especially it would be a lot of fun doing it with Tanae, who he and I had known each other for a long, long time. I wish they had picked a different outfit though. They gave you like a Hawaiian shirt and a kiss shirt. No, that was my pick. <laughs> he got off the plane like That's that. That's like divorced dad heat. Hey, you know, uh, let me give you a story about that. That Hawaiian shirt and that Kiss shirt still in my closet. Uh, recently, we had a convention for all the guys on Patreon with us, our, our top-tier guys. We had a little, well, it wasn't a convention. It was kind of a get-together, a weekend in Huntsville. And the grand prize was uh, was those that shirt and that Hawaiian shirt and that Kiss shirt. And we gave it away to one of the fans. And we also, I also went around the house and got about a bushel of dog hair and put it in a bag and gave that out as a prize as well. So you got my shirts. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You pretended it was your own hair? No, it's, no, it's my, dog's, my dog's hair. It's Anybody who's listening to my podcast, and all these guys do, know that our house is just completely covered in dog hair. How much do these people pay for uh, for those two items? Oh, those two items, it was free. It was a giveaway. It was a giveaway. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. So they got that. And I said, but I said, here's the dog hair, too. If you don't want the dog hair, I get it. If you want more, I got it. So <laughs> let, let me know. And the guy said, no, I'll take it. So he got the dog hair. I love that and, guy coming back to his wife and her being like, is that dog hair? And he's like, it's Tony Schiavone's dog hair. It's yeah, different. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody somebody sent us on Twitter the other day, and I got to get it. Uh, somebody sent us on Twitter a welcome out at the house that says, I hope you like dog hair. <laughs> <laughs> I really need that. And I sent it to Lois, and she didn't answer because she, she's kind of uh, sensitive to that stuff. Yeah, how are you and Lois right now? Are you guys anything, doing good? Right? Or? <laughs> there was just silence <laughs> after that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number six. What do you think would be in Brock Lesnar's boombox playlist? That was like the most entertaining thing I thought about Raw was uh, him doing the Eddie Guerrero dance again. And yeah, what happened to Brock? He seems to uh, like enjoy fun. wrestling. I again. think he, I think he likes the fact that everyone hates him so much. Yeah, I think it, it finally clicked for him that it's real. People really <laughs> dislike him, and he really loves it. Yeah, I would say Rammstein, and then sounds of him breaking elks necks along the highway okay that would i was going to go with uh debbie gibson's greatest hits <laughs> my dreams uh maybe uh, uh rick astley 
maybe come on Eileen. <laughs> oh, I like come on Eileen. Just I, because I, I just envisioned someone as big and tough as him really fooling all of us. He does like some sensitive country when he was on Austin's podcast. He said he that he says he likes sensitive uh, he, country. He didn't say sensitive country, but he named some country singers. And it was the most intense I've ever seen him. He goes, you're going to like those country singers if you check them out. That was the same podcaster he uh, he said about Paul Heyman. He said, time to feed the Jew. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he would like the soundtrack then from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Maybe be into that, you know, because I'm into I'm into show tunes. Really, you uh, and Pat Patterson. That's uh, not a joke. Pat Patterson and, and maybe shows. that would be perfect. Paul should come out with a beard, and they should do the dance. <laughs> if <laughs> I were a rich man, he's he's like one of ten people that are actually rich in that locker room. Yeah, that's right. That's the only but, problem. Uh, so he likes he likes uh, country, huh? Likes country, loves country. Uh, did he like George Strait? Because I that's my favorite country guy. I don't know. I mean, I I like George Strait a lot. I think my I wonder what my favorite. You know, I really like uh, I I really like Chris Stapleton and uh, Vince uh, and and uh, I'm sorry, Sergio Simpson right now. But yeah, you know what? I, I don't give a damn about Chris Stapleton. And really? I, and let me t- let me tell you why. Okay, uh, I did until he did a duo with Justin Timberlake, and that was on it. TV shows, and I'm telling you right now. I'm going to be very honest with you. Justin Timberlake can kiss my fat ass. <laughs> yeah, dude, I yeah. thought his Super Bowl performance was terrible. Let me tell you my Justin Timberlake story. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, my daughter, who I love dearly, is my only girl. Grew up a big NSYNC fan, big NSYNC fan, and we were fortunate the days in World Championship Wrestling that we knew the people from NSYNC. We knew their, we knew their PR department. So I would be, I could get tickets to go to any sync, in sync event that I wanted, thanks to their PR department. So the in uh, sync came to the Lakewood Amphitheater in Atlanta, uh, and this was right in their height, right in the bye 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 years. I guess it would have been ninety eight, ninety nine, no maybe ninety seven. I don't know. And uh, I got my daughter and her friend tickets, and we got them backstage. They had a meet and greet. The radio station did a meet and greet backstage. And we got backstage to meet him. And so we were in line, and the line was in sync at a table with this big guy standing right next to him who was like their security guard, right? He looked like one of those Atlas security guys. Luke big guy. And and you and you you just went through and they they signed an autograph for you, okay? First guy was Justin Timberlake. Now we're talking about the big star of NSYNC. All right. And I know he was a kid back then. I get it, years ago. But he had a hat that he pulled down over his eyes, and he looked down, did not look up at one girl, and signed it and passed it down to his left. All the other guys, Lance Bass, Joey Fatone, all the other guys looked up, said hello to the girls. Thanks for coming. How you doing? Good to see you. And they were so engaging and so nice to all the girls. Justin Timberlake sat there like a spoiled little prick and didn't even look up at the girls. And I wanted to say... Hey, look up, motherfucker. These girls are paying your salary. <laughs> so, so I decided right then that I, you know what? If you, because I, I don't know if, if you know, uh, Dan, how I do, I'm, I'm very engaging with the fans. I really am. Uh, yeah, you're and great I really with appreciate them. all the fans signing autographs, taking pictures. I don't care. As long as you want, you're the guys that help put my kids through college or put my kids through college. If somebody like that is, is a jerk. I don't care what they say. May, he may have grown out of it. But he's a jerk. 
and somebody should have wisened his ass up to have those girls were going crazy just to see him, and the only thing they saw was the top of his hat. He didn't look up. Did he your daughter notice up. that he was a prick, or was oh, she too yeah, young? She did. My daughter's pretty savvy. Yes, she did. And I apologize. I said, I'm sorry. She's oh no, that's fine. That's fine. I I could tell he didn't want to see anybody, and so he so he can kiss my ass, and his uh, and not only can he kiss my ass, uh, his agent can kiss my ass, his security uh, guards can kiss my ass, and Britney Spears can kiss my ass for having sex with him. <laughs> Man, if there's an AEW dream match that needs to be booked, it is Tony Giovanni versus Justin Timberlake. Oh, we ain't booking that because it's going to be a shoot. <laughs> and and I, as, as a dad who loves his daughter, uh, no, sorry, sorry, kiss my ass. So anytime, so when I saw Chris Stapleton with him, I went, no, nope, he's off my list too. That's it. <laughs> wow, you have such hatred for jo- anyone who's collaborated with Justin Timberlake <laughs> is on Shivani's shit list. Yeah, yeah. and, and, uh, uh, my wife said, "Hey, there's a there's a new baseball movie out, Trouble with the Curve." I said, "Yeah, really?" He said, "Yeah, Clint Eastwood is in it." I said, "Yeah." She, I said, "Who has she?" Said Justin Timberlake. I said, "I ain't watching." She said, "Well, you're a baseball guy," and I said, "Yeah, I am, but I'm not watching it." Well, I finally relented and I watched it, and it really wasn't bad. But they could have put anybody in that role. Was your and I'm not a huge baseball fan, but what's your favorite baseball movie? My, mine was Money Moneyball. I love that movie. Now, my my uh, favorite baseball movie was oddly enough. It was the female baseball movie, League of Their Own. Oh, that was a great movie. Same, same, best baseball movie. It, it was well done. That scene at home plate where it was, uh, you know, sister against sister, and, and she drops the ball. Do you know if she dropped it on purpose because of her sister, or they really had the collision? They set it up earlier where they had a collision, and she didn't drop the ball. It was just a well-made movie. It really was. That was really a great movie. Yeah. All right, let's get on to number seven. Uh, Casio Cortez uh, tweeted about her support for AEW. What would be the worst political endorsement for a wrestling company? I'm going to go with Roy Moore. (laughs) But I think Roy Moore would probably be the worst endorsement you could get. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be good. Uh, I I don't think that would be good. uh, Especially if he was like, I just like Jungle Boy. That's it. (laughs) Listen. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not political at all. Uh, so it, it's hard for me to. Uh, it's hard for me to. Uh, I don't believe any of the politicians. I don't. I don't even believe that she really tweeted that. I believe somebody in her, in her, uh, company or in her entourage tweeted it, saying everybody's talking about it. That would be cool. Let's yeah, tweet that's that very for possible. Her. Yeah. So I, I don't believe any of them. So that that's going to be hard for me. Hard for me to uh, say. What would be the worst political endorsement? Because I, to be honest with you, I think if any politician endorses you, you're fucked. I do. I, I think. Yeah. I think either side. If a Republican endorses you, then all the Democrats are going to hate you. If a Democrat endorses you, all the Republicans are going to hate you. And uh, I, I don't trust any politician. I think I don't think there's any one politician out there that is legitimately. Uh, a person that I would want to hang out with. So I don't like him, any of them. When's the last time you voted? Uh, well, I voted the last election because I had to. Yeah. Uh, because Lois Schiavone is uh, really, uh, and I guess that's one of the reasons I'm not into politics, because she's really into it. Yeah. And, and I do understand that if I want to live in that house, I at least have to walk up to the booth and pretend I'm there with her. <laughs> uh, so it's like, like we're going to go vote. I said, I don't want to vote. No, you're going to vote. 
I said, no, I'm not. She said, yes, you are. And all of it. And you just, if you've been married this long, you do, all of us, you just say, all right, let's go. So I, I did vote. And, uh, but I, 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 I don't want to. <laughs> Does that make any sense to you guys? I mean, I mean, it, it makes sense. The, the you know the the older I get, the more I you know I I think I was like super super liberal in college, and now I'm like I I don't know how I'd cla- I just classify myself as a person now, but I'm probably more left of center than I am super liberal. And yeah, anybody who uh, you know, and I've can I I campaign. I, I I made calls for Hillary and shit, but like I you know I I think when you get older, the the more you put yourself in a box. It's just like it's just like, you know, it's like people who are getting obsessed with being like I'm an Eagles fan or something like that. You know, you're just yeah. like, you know, if you're if you're one way across the board, I don't know, I don't know how much thinking you're doing. Well, here, here's my here's my here's my take, and here's how I feel about my politics. I am very much a conservative when it comes to my money. Yeah. And it comes to my taxes, but I think I'm more of a liberal when it comes to. Uh, uh, morality, mm, social uh, issues. Yeah. Like, like for instance, I'll give you an example. I, uh, and this is another story. Not, not many people know. I'm a Catholic and I, <laughs> this is funny. I'm a Catholic and I still am very active in the church and I still read in the church. Uh, like once a month, I'm one of the lectors. Uh, so I went to, and this is a hot button issue. I know years ago, I'm talking about 10, 15 years ago, I went to see the priest and I said, listen, you guys keep, you know, preaching, uh, uh, anti-abortion and uh to be honest with you i i'm not so sure how i stand on the abortion issue i get it i would i would never want to have uh, lois would never have an abortion we would never do it even if there was something wrong with the baby but if somebody wanted to have an abortion i don't think i could pass judgment on them i don't think i could say no you got to have the baby i said so should i quit the catholic church it was really a thing with me and, and he said no believe what you believe and God will sort it all out, and you can go to confession and all that. So, I, and then he asked for your money. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Uh, as long as we get your money. So there's a lot of there's a lot of issues of uh, moral issues today uh, that that I'm really left wing on. But when it comes to my money, I'm right wing, and that's the best way. I get. I, I don't know if that's a moderate or not, but that's the way. I, that's the way I am. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I think that that's. Uh, I think that would be a libertarian. Yeah, I think most people, if they were honest, would say what Tony just said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it just seems like a rational person. Well, Jay, I'm, I'm fine with giving uh, the government my money as long as I know what I'm giving it for. Um, that's right. that's that's where I'm at. As long as I, you know, I just don't want to, like, like, my money to... It, it's, it's a tricky situation, but I don't, I don't want my money to go to, like, some random fucking naval ship that's not going to do anything, you know? Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Exactly. And... You know, there's uh, there's a whole lot of things going on today, and I, one of the, you know I live in Georgia. One of the things that's going on, I don't want to make this political, but one of the things that's going on today. Oh, it's is, crazy what's going on in Georgia. Who was that? It's crazy what's going on in Georgia right now. Oh yeah, I know. And and Hollywood, you know, now wants to pull out of Georgia, and I'm going to cost you guys money. Yeah. Uh, well, who gives a shit? Georgia will be there before the before the before they was there before they were there. And we'll be there after they pull out. I just think there's more important things. I, I, I just think there's more important things in the world than worrying about what movie studio is in what city. And if, if they want to pull out, fine. I, I feel the same way. I mean, there was a whole thing about gay marriage. I was for gay marriage. I really was. Because I don't care. I, I It doesn't bother me if they 
if uh, if two guys or two girls want to marry, more power to them. I Ma- do know this. I've been married 38 years. It ain't what you think it is. <laughs> I, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm I think... fine with that. So on that side, I'm very left wing. Uh, on the other side, I'm very right wing. Well, well I, 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 you know, on the issues with the. And we don't, obviously, this isn't a political podcast, but my take with abortion is like I understand people are who are pro-life, but if you're pro-life, then you also should be able to be like, OK, well, then the government should take care of that kid until the kid's 18. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't just be pro-life and then also say I'm anti-welfare. I'm the anti I'm anti the welfare state. I'm anti uh, giving benefits out to people because then, you know, it, it, it's like then be pro-life all the way. If you're pro-life, you should be. But besides the one issue of be of abortion, you should be a flaming liberal in almost every other aspect. Right. And, uh, and look, I hate to say this, but if a girl wants to have an abortion, uh, that's not my business. None of my I'm fucking sorry, business. Um, on to a lighter topic. Uh, what do you think of Israel? No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tony, what's the worst gimmick you've ever seen, and what's the saddest thing you've seen at a wrestling convention? And a wrestling convention? Those are two questions. I kind of wedged two of them on there. Okay. Well, the worst gimmick I ever saw was obviously the Yeti. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was by far. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that begs the old story, why did you call it a Yeti? And the reason I called it a Yeti was when he walked out, I knew immediately it was fucking stupid. Knew immediately. <laughs> so I'm not going to try to make it serious. You know, I'm just going to say something stupid. Um, is that any, is has there any anything though on the independence that you've seen that's been worse than the than the Yeti? No, nothing. Really? How about you, Scott? I know uh, one guy. <laughs> I can't even say his name though. Okay, he's a black guy who is he's like the Undertaker. Right. Uh, so his name is a word I can't say. <laughs> Taker. Oh, it's a real thing. <laughs> he's a guy. It's on posters, like in. Next to school. Wait, he's a it's a it's a black guy. He's a black guy. He's not a and, white guy no, using that gimmick guy, yeah. because that would be. And his name is, is he? Yeah, he's the N word taker. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, I can tell you guys that I did see, and this was a pretty bad gimmick too. Uh, when we had our uh, when we had our little uh, get together for our, our our guys on Patreon, we went. We were in Huntsville. We went to a independent show in Huntsville, Alabama. Right. <laughs> that tells you all you need to know right there. So, <laughs> We're in Huntsville, Alabama with an independent show, and this black guy comes out with a snake around his neck, okay? Now, I'm petrified of snakes, and Conrad Thompson's scared to death, too. So he comes out with a snake around his uh, his neck, and he goes around, and he hands the snake off to people, and they put the snake around their neck. I'm thinking, don't come near me with a motherfucking fucking snake. So... <laughs> So he uh, goes to Dave Silva, puts the snake around Dave Silva's, you know, and he walks around. So did Silva have a problem with it? No, Silva liked it. Silva yeah. liked it. Come on, Dave. Uh, apparently, you know, he's seen a lot of snakes in Texas, so <laughs> he's cool. Uh, so he, uh, and then his opponent walked out with his redneck gimmick, and he had a noose in his hand. A oh, noose my in his hand God. Wrestling a black guy. Jesus. Oh. I went, holy shit, what's going on here? And He's like, no, so, no, I'm yeah. just really anti-snake. <laughs> yeah, I. whoever this black guy is, <laughs> DM'd me. He DM'd me. He said, thanks for being there. It really meant a lot that you were there. And, and I appreciate him saying that. And I said, you know what? I said, that snake gimmick's got to go. Uh, being, you know, been trying to be funny with him. And he said, 
he DM'd me back and he said, yeah, you never thought a black guy would have a, would have a snake at ringside, would you? So, uh, it was just, it was just a, a weird night. You're like, well, I'm more concerned about the white guy with the noose actually. Yeah. The white guy with the noose was, was, was creepy, but there you go. The worst That's gimmick I ever saw wasn't even in wrestling. It was actually, I went to a male strip club for a project uh, with Jermaine Fowler. And this dude came out. And I guess like he hadn't changed his gimmick forever. And uh, he came out dressed as a Matrix character. <laughs> <laughs> and he did Neo as a stripper. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. I couldn't masturbate the whole time. <laughs> it sucked. Oh. Uh, what's the saddest thing you've seen at a wrestling convention? Was that it? At a wrestling convention? Yeah. You know, like that, pe- was, pe- that was pretty sad. Yeah. Uh, like people signing autographs. You know, the you know, where people were signing autographs and shit like that. Uh, I don't know if it was at a wrestling convention, but I can tell you a story about, you know, I'm I'm on the road now with a baseball team. And uh, I uh, we were just in Toledo, Ohio. And uh, when I when I leave the uh, when I leave the the ballpark usually uh, there's always autograph seekers looking for to get autographs from the baseball players because some of these players are going to be stars, and they know it and they want to get their autographs while they're you know they're just kids and I guess sell them, uh, which pisses me off. But they also yeah. there's also a number of them that want my autograph as well, and and I get that they have my old cards or whatever, and I gladly sign autographs because I don't think my autograph is worth that much, and I'm glad to sign their autograph. There's this one guy in Toledo, and he's been coming for years, and I know he's there, and I try to avoid him, but he always runs me down, and he's really goofy, and he said, hey, Tony, Tony, he ran me down the other night, because I was walking away from the ballpark, and he's running, I said, oh, shit, here he comes, so he ran up to me, he said, listen, he said, I, uh, uh, I, I, I look up uh, wrestlers' numbers on the internet all the time, see if I can find their number and call their cell phones and talk to them. Oh, Jesus. And I said, and I it, it stopped me, and I turned around, and I said, you need to stop doing that shit. He said, and he, all of a sudden, he looked at me real serious. He said, why? I said, why? It's, it, it's privacy, dude. They don't, they're not going to talk to you. He said, but I leave messages. So I said, don't call. I said, don't ever call my number. <laughs> and to me, that was the saddest thing because he thought. But if, if you buy a shirt, you'll yeah, call them. He, he, he thought that, that everybody <laughs> wants to talk to him. So that was a sad day. I mean, he's kind of a weird character anyway, and he's been in Toledo for years, and he's a nice enough guy. He's always smiling. But that was just sad that that he thinks that our private life is up for Almost every time, though, there's like a serial killer or a mass shooter. Like, there's some neighbor that says, well, nice enough guy. You never know. Right. You know, I've seen crazy things, too, guys, in the – uh, you know, I've seen a lot of I, I, uh, there's a guy and I guess he's going to end up wrestling for AEW named Darby Allen. Are you guys familiar? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw him backstage. Yeah. yeah. Darby's nuts. And uh, <laughs> why is he, he nuts? Is, but he's very, very talented. He can do a lot of great stuff. And uh, when I was in MLW doing some things for MLW, he, he did this one gimmick where he he hurt his ankle and he went in the back and then he went up on the balcony of the nightclub we were in strapped a chair to his back and did these death drop from the balcony down on two guys or three guys in a tag oh match God. down on the ring. And I remember thinking, you know, Darby's going to kill himself and I don't want to be around for this. So after the match, I told Darby, I said, Darby, you need to slow down, buddy. 
I said, if you're making big money, yeah, you can do those crazy bumps, but I, I'll guarantee you, you're, you're not making much for MLW. He said, I'm going to be okay. The very next month, when we went back from MLW there at the Galt in uh, in uh, Orlando, uh, he came up to me and he had a concussion. And uh, I guess he's okay now, but uh, that was one of the wildest and I'm not going to call it saddest thing, but I, I think it's very sad that guys will do these crazy bumps for a little bit of no money. I mean, we'll get you know? the Cody and Dustin match. There were there weren't a lot of crazy bumps in there, and it was probably the best match of the night. Yeah, and they, they had they some were bumps, crazy for... bumps, but not like jumping off a balcony, or not like going through a stack of tables, or you know, taking a chair shot to the head like Mick Foley did in in Royal Rumble '99 at the hands of The Rock. Those are just you just and and I know Mick was making big money back then, but still, just you've got to weigh your career against uh, what you're going to do in the ring. And, um, yeah, it's not worth it. No, I don't think it is, especially on the independent scene. Not at all. Uh, Scott, what's the saddest thing you've seen in a wrestling convention? Who? Uh, us. This, uh, this, this, this last us. weekend at StarCast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us giving free T-shirts away. I mean, there was a moment where we were giving free T-shirts away, and I did sell albums, I will say that, but there was a moment where I was giving free T-shirts away, and somebody like, uh, walked up to our table and I said, "Hey, free T-shirt." They like gave me a half smile and then turned and paid thirty dollars for another shirt. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty rough. That was some some definite Virgil vibes. Yeah. As somebody's uh, written on our Instagram. You know what? I uh, maybe the next uh, the next thing we have that both you guys can stand up there with me. You know, stand on my side and uh, you know get to know all the fans. And then if Justin Timberlake and his daughter walk in, we can beat his ass and her ass too. <laughs> yeah, we won't even make eye contact. I feel like I'm just be, yeah yeah no eye contact. Right. I feel like I'm just becoming an accomplice uh, for crimes with you, Tony. Uh, number nine, Tony. Have you ever called spots in the bedroom? I feel like the uh, commentator voice could help with that shit. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I've really called spots, but I have said some silly sh wrestling shit in the bedroom to Lois. Oh, yeah? Like what? Yeah, like uh, like roll over, I'm going to put you in a sleeper. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And you know what she would say? She says, I've always been asleep when we've had sex. <laughs> she always fires back and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, I've used wrestling terminology on her in the bedroom, but I, I've never really called the spots because, you know, you get two old fat people having sex and not many high spots. <laughs> you know. um, Always a dusty finish. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's a dusty finish. Yeah, I should have put a mask on at the Midnight yeah. Rider. This match has a four-minute time limit. Uh, <laughs> the tape machines are rolling. Oh, that's dumb. All right. Well, NXT is this Saturday. Uh, do, do you pay attention to NXT at all, Tony? I do not. All right. No, well, this will be I just don't. a qu we'll quickly go through this card. Me and Scott, okay. just go for um, just for predictions. Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. Here's what I'm hoping happens. I'm hoping, and this is the one uh, analysis segment of the of the podcast. So uh, we've, I love we've got we've got to sometimes guys. We've got to sometimes not prove that we're actual this. prove that we're actual fans. I think that the way to go here is to have Matt Riddle obviously go over Roderick Strong and then become a member of the Undisputed Era, era and then you set up for the next year uh, Matt Riddle uh, 
trying to take Adam Cole's spot as the leader. I love that idea. Yeah, if you want to do fantasy booking, that that's a blast. I think Matt Riddle needs the win because he doesn't have many wins at all, right? He lost to Velveteen. Yeah, so I think he needs this. Uh, Tony, are you familiar with Matt Riddle? Yes, I am. I've called many of his matches. He was in MLW for a little bit before we were actually on the air. We taped some uh, stuff for YouTube, and I called a number of Matt Riddle matches. I think he's a very talented guy. Yeah, he's got I the look, too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how he how he is on promos because I don't think I ever saw him do a promo. But he can work in the ring pretty well. I, I think he's like a more refined RVD as far as a promo. Shout out to RVD for signing my belt, by the way. I was a huge RVD mark back in the day. Um, but yeah, I, I think that having like him being in a stable would really help him for a little bit. But that's just that's just one man's opinion. Or just a manager. The but opinion. then you're gonna have those those you know that Brock talk. But I, I think he wants that. I think he needs it, yeah. yeah. Uh, the NXT North American Championship, Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze. It's got to be Velveteen. Got to right? be Velveteen, but that's going to be match of the night. I'm, I'm I'm calling it. And not because of Velveteen, but Tyler's because of Tyler Breeze. Prove. Yeah, he's got a lot to remind people. Ladder match for the good. vacant NXT Tag Team Championship. Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan versus the Street Profits versus Forgotten Sons versus Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. I think Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly put it back on them. I don't think the other teams are over enough. No, nah, they haven't built themselves up enough. I think it's going to be a hell of a match, though. Uh, NXT Women's Championship, uh, Shayna Baszler versus... I don't even know how to pronounce this. Io Shari? Io Shari. Thank you, Zach, the man with the plan. Uh, I guess Shayna, right? Do you take it off her yet? I think she's got to go up to the main roster. Ronda doesn't seem to be coming back. So you think she drops the title so they can set up a Shayna Becky program? Yeah, Becky needs it. My God, Becky needs it. (laughs) Yeah. Tony, you've been watching WWE? Uh, I watch it. uh, I'll watch the top ten, and I'll watch some highlights on YouTube, but I can't sit through a three-hour. Yeah, I mean, how quickly Becky went from being, like, worship to once she has the title, it's like, all right, don't need to tune in to that anymore. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's that, that's not her fault. No, you're right. Uh, but, hey, let me ask you, and, and it, uh, as far as women are concerned, and, and I should know this, but I don't, uh, is Tessa Blanchard in NXT yet? Is she doing anything with them? I don't think so. I think she's in. She's the champion of WOW, right? She's an Impact. She's an Impact, she's sorry. An impact. Yeah, she's pretty talented. I, I hope she'll get a chance. Yeah, she's really good. She should go over to AEW. Yeah. Or, I think the one th- criticism made, I do think that compared to the WWE roster, and I, and I love the fact that Awesome Kong is at AEW, but I still think in comparison, you know, the WWE women's roster is just so much more stacked. They've got yeah, to get and, somebody. But the AEW roster is just really kind of getting set. You know, once yeah. they start getting regular TV and everything, I think it'll change. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, an NXT championship match, Gargano versus Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole goes over. You think Cole? I think you have to give it to him. What else can you do with Gargano at NXT right now? So you think send him to SmackDown? Like I think, I don't, jeez. I mean, that's almost like a death sentence, right? I know, really sucks. At this point, it's almost like a death sentence. <laughs> if I'm Gargano, I, I don't know what I do. If I'm a Gargano, I try to go to Japan, honestly. Yeah, I, I uh, agree. Yeah, I, you know what? Give it to Cole. I think Cole can only be in NXT for so much longer, and I think he needs to be on top in NXT for a he little while. He needs to be on top in NXT. I don't know how that guy's going to transition to the main roster. I don't, I don't know how any of them are. That, that, that's the bummer of NXT. I mean, this is just a, a bonus topic. Um, you know, and this is, I guess, a, a number 11, guys. But nothing from Raw or SmackDown uh, 
on my end was included on this week's top 10 besides Brock's boombox. Does that mean WWE's pants should be filled with shit? Am I missing anything from those two shows that should have been on the 10 count this week? Hmm. Well, I can't really comment on that, but I can comment on this. You guys were talking about NXT. I, I've seen very little NXT, but on our, our podcast, What Happened When, you know, we do watch-alongs. And I've done we've done a number of NXT watch-alongs, uh, so I have seen stuff in the past. And one thing that I've noticed, and maybe I'm wrong, is that they they always seem to drop the ball with an NXT athlete going to the WWE. Every you single think? time. I mean, I think Kevin Owens would be an exception to that. Yeah. Right, and I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough to 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 be able to say all across the board. But from what I mean, I, I saw Cesaro and Sami Zayn have a great match. And what did they do with Cesaro? Uh, well, I to really be fair, he did have Bayley. a great match with Ricochet this past week. I, I will say that in yeah. in his defense. But but that's after four years of him doing nothing, and still right. that right. match means nothing. It's just that match, match means nothing. It's just yeah, it, it really is the definition of an exhibition. I mean, and again, I'm, I'm not I'm not criticizing the 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 boys or the, or the ladies about their their character. They can only do what they're written for them and what what they give them to do. But I, they just uh, I just seem like they got such great talent out there. I mean, Bailey, and, and I know I, I know Bailey. Uh, recently, I, I guess she won the Money in the Bank, right? Bailey. Did. Right. Yeah. Well, she won the title too. Won the title. Okay, Smack and that's great. Title. But I really like the Bailey character much better in NXT than I did. And I'm sorry, I like that Bailey character that was just such a big fan. And I think they just kind of made her blah when they well, when they went. And maybe they're doing something with her now. But again, I just think that there's a lot of great things going on in NXT that just kind of. Uh, Do you think it's just that there's too much wrestling? I mean, one of the big complaints and of why WCW went under was that Thunder was added to the docket, so yeah. it kind of diluted everything. I yeah, mean, it, is it just diluted. that five hours much. of wrestling a week but, is too much? But again, you know, if you're uh, if if you're making money and selling advertising, then you put as much on as as you can sell, right? I guess, so. but I think like long term that kind of hurts you. Yeah, there's another thing that's going on too, guys, and uh, is that uh, Vince is making so much money on the network, he really is, that I, I just don't know, I just don't know if the the fever is there. He's a, he's a billionaire, and they're making money, and the 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 ratings can be the drizzling shits, and that's still okay. They have a great year financially, and I and I guess the stock has, has gone down a little bit. I don't know, but stock has definitely gone down, and I think people yeah. are nervous because Vince is investing in the XFL yeah. again, and he's over seventy, man. I mean, it's like yeah, no. eventually your 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 mind just doesn't fire on all cylinders anymore. You know? Yeah, I know, I know, I, I, I know. I married into that. <laughs> Does uh, fire on all cylinders, but uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, dude, I, as a comic, I, I'm less hungry as at 35 than I was at 28 or 27. So I can't imagine what it's like to have that much success. Right. I just think that hopefully that AEW will. Put the competitive juices back into what they're doing up there, and everybody will benefit from it. Because the best Vince was was when we were opposed to him. Back yeah. In the 90s. Well, th- this week uh, he clearly didn't care about the concept of competition. This week, so hopefully 
when you know AEW goes to TNT, he kind of realizes they mean business because, man, this week was bad. Yeah, I I, I didn't see it. Once again, when baseball season starts, I I don't see that much of it. But uh, I mean, it was just I, nothing, yeah. you know. Did did you get to listen to the uh, the Moxley Jericho interview at all? No. Oh yeah. Well, it's basically everything you said, so you know the deal. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really scorch earth it either. Everyone's no. like, "Oh, it's scorched earth." I'm like, "It's not like a punk shoot yeah. where punk literally goes yeah. after everyone personally." He's yeah, just he like, just confirmed everything we already knew was happening, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, I didn't listen to it because you know I I mean you you can basically get bits and pieces of it on social media and yeah absolutely i just well that's I another got, thing too where you know in a, in, even in, in entertainment in general or i mean if you look at the numbers now you know across the board for most shows on tv it's like if you can watch a youtube clip that's a minute and a half long or three minutes long why are you going to watch a whole fucking show exactly exactly and you can i mean you can dvr the entire raw and you can fast forward through it and that's some of the things that i've done that sometimes too yeah, this you week know, I, I watched Raw with the commercials, and it was painful. Right, right. Yeah, I know. And you, you can fast-forward through the commercials, and you can fast-forward through the matches and get to the end of the match and see the angle and see the interview and whatever, and you're all caught up with the storyline. So yeah. it's a different world than when I was doing it, guys. That's true. Well, Tony, we're so glad you came on the on the podcast. Is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, yes. Uh my name is Tony Schiavone, and I'm part of Conrad Thompson Enterprises. Wait a minute. I was reading this stuff. That's what Conrad wanted me to say. <laughs> I love Conrad Thompson. He's not as fat as he looks. Hang on. I don't want to. Okay. That's not true. Okay. I, met this, I met him this weekend. Even though he's in the Flair family, he has a very small dick. <laughs> no, guys, we, uh, we have our podcast, What Happened When, that drops every Wednesday. And you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a very good podcast for us. We've had sponsors. Uh, we've got a Patreon channel where you can get our podcast earlier. And I do crazy videos on the podcast and, and do a, a lot of different things, a lot of watch-alongs. Uh, so you can get that on Patreon forward slash WHW Monday. Uh, we have our uh, wrestling uh, t-shirt uh, site, which is LoisRules.com. Uh, and you can get our t-shirts there. We also have boxagimmicks.com where you can get a lot of gimmicks from us. And, uh, so I'm just, uh, very fortunate. I met Conrad, very fortunate, uh, Dan, I was able to meet you. Uh, I feel you the guys, same way, man. Uh, you guys who are in comedy have all my respect in the world. You really do. Especially. Well, we have none uh, for ourselves, so it's glad it's coming from somewhere. <laughs> right. No, you really do. Especially in today's uh, climate where, uh, comedy, I think what, what comedy used to be and what comedy is now uh, are two different things, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're, you're I, damned if you do, damned if you don't now. Yeah, I know. I know. And just the, the politically correct climate that's out there, makes I know that's make it tougher on you comedians. So you have all my all my respect. I love standing on stage and, and doing our live shows. We're going to be in Baltimore and St. Louis coming up on the 22nd and 23rd of June. That was sweet. And uh, Conrad and I do a live show. And it's pretty much Tony standing up on the stage and making a fool of himself, and then Conrad and I talking about the past. So we'll be doing that coming I up. I went to one of your last shows where uh, I believe a man prepositioned, or a wife, or, or or a man's wife almost hooked up with Eric Bischoff or something on yeah, she stage. Yeah, over in front of him and wanted her him to, uh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's Tim Clemens, and he's uh, he's from Kentucky, and his wife Angel. Uh, they are, well, they're fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and Bischoff wouldn't even. I mean, he still. I, I think he stopped, didn't even stop talking about himself at that point. Right, right. <laughs> I would have at least approached her and said, you know, get up, girl. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he didn't even sell it. No, didn't. Uh, didn't but uh, I, I have fun on the stage. Uh, we're at Off Broadway, uh, and that's going to be on the twenty second, and then on Saturday, and then Sunday the twenty third, we're at Jimmy's Famous Seafood in Baltimore doing our live show there. Oh, uh, I hear it's a great I hope venue. We do, I hope we do more of them because you know this star cast takes a lot out of us. It really does. Well, I'm you were running the show, day. man. You were you were in the Johnny Ace position backstage. Yeah, I know. I know. You were in the uh, heat and, heat uh, spot. The only difference is Johnny probably has jerked off Vince now and then, and I won't jerk off Conrad. <laughs> well, it'd be, it's, it, to be fair, it's much more difficult to jerk off Conrad. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Yeah, you're going uh, to need but, a fucking uh, helmet I, light and some, some like cave-dwelling equipment. <laughs> but uh, I, I really admire you, Dan, and for all that you do. And uh, I, I sent a text to our buddy uh, Taylor Williamson yesterday, okay? Oh, yeah, this, great. Yeah. And the, the stupid son of a bitch will not answer a text. Really? No, I mean, it's like, I, I sent him a text like at 9 o'clock at night, okay? 2 a.m. When I'm, I'm finally in Indianapolis, my, my text, I always have my text on because you never know if your wife wants you or whatever. And he texts me at 2 a.m. And I text him back and I said, leave my ass alone. He said, why are you being mean to me? I said, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> and I text you like six hours ago. So, uh. Those are stand-up hours, man. He's, he was on stage. He was fucking drilling. I don't know, man. I think we beat his and Flair's ass next StarCast. Yeah, it was... <laughs> yeah, it was handicap match. Us and Conrad versus uh, Flair and Taylor. Well, you know what? If we if we beat Flair's ass, regardless... We, and I know he's 70 and he's old. We can still say we beat Ric Flair. But if we beat Taylor's ass, who the fuck have we beat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll look at him. They'll say, Really? You guys beat him? <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if it's worth Maybe Flair will t- have another person team with him or something. Not Taylor. Maybe. Taylor's. Scott, what do you got to promote? Uh, when, when, when are we dropping this? We're dropping this tonight, actually. Oh, we're dropping this tonight. Yeah, Lovely. This is a special uh, episode. So, tomorrow night, I'll actually be at Fairfield Comedy Club in Connecticut. Uh, come out. I'll be with Emma Willman. And then next week, three nights next week, I'm at New York Comedy Club. So, just go to uh, Scott underscore Chaplin on Twitter and Instagram and follow me, and I'll let you know when those are. Uh, interesting fact about Fairfield Comedy Club that is where one of the 911 hijackers stayed. Oh, I know, baby. It's, it's fucking the one who crazy. Me. It's the it's the ghost. <laughs> the, the ghost, ghost booked, booked you. Me. Uh guys, uh, I'm going to be doing some road dates coming up this month. I'm in New York, so I'll be doing spots here. I'm not really I mean I'll be at the Comedy Cellar this Sunday night for the late show. Um I'll be at the Punchline in San Francisco uh from the Wednesday the 19th till uh to the 22nd, June 22nd. Uh, I'm at Poughkeepsie on, uh, I forget, uh, it's on my website, the club, but it's on June 15th. Uh, I'm doing, actually, I'm going to be doing a little bit of a Southern tour in uh, at the end of August, so check that out. Um, I'll be in upstate New York in the end of July, and I'll also be in Boston at the end of August. My album, No Real Winners Here, is on my website, or you can get it on all streaming platforms. And the show that I wrote for Alternatino on Comedy Central comes out this month, so... Check it out. Rate and review the podcast. Please subscribe. Um, we uh, we need more people to listen to this thing. And we, and we love our fans, the ones that do, the ones that came at the StarCast, the ones that we met at the table. It, it, meant, it meant a lot. 
to me. It meant a lot to Scott. So uh, just keep supporting. Thank you guys, and and support all things Comedy Network and all the uh, all the podcasts that are on there. All right. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tony. Uh, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Scott. I, I want to see you guys perform live, and I look forward to seeing that maybe uh, down the road some. Uh, Good luck abso- to both of you, man. Absolutely. All right. Love you, Tony.